0: Hello, and welcome to Case Reopened, the number one Detective Conan Rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Trees, and joining me this week is the lovely Colleen. How are you?
1: Hey, Tyler. How's it going?
0: Fantastic. Mainly because Kyle's not here.
1: Aw, oh, don't say that. He won't want to come back.
0: Yeah, but he's always killing the vibe.
1: That's true. Not knowing stuff about Conan, it's really getting annoying.
0: Yeah, talk about a major yikes, fam. Um, <laughs> so we have a two-hour special today. Kyle just decided that was two hours too many for him. This is uh, episode 96, The Cornered Famous Detective, Two Big Murder Cases. Uh, this originally aired on March 23rd, 1998. And uh, what was your hype level, Colleen, going into this
1: Oh, like, out of a 10, an 11. I was so excited for this.
0: Did you remember these cases very well?
1: Honestly, I remembered only the second one, and that's because later on, there's actually a flashback to this. I think it's the second time or the third time where uh, actually the new detective shows up. I'm not going to spoil anything too early on, but I remembered vaguely the second case, did not remember the first one. How about you?
0: Yeah, I was about, I knew the twist about old Carlos, but uh, I don't remember oh, yeah. much much of the uh, smaller things. Right. So, Kenan introduces the special. He says, today is our first two-hour special. Challenge yourself on the two mysteries. The episode then begins with Kenan talking to his mom, who is complaining about Yusaku getting drunk and coming home with lipstick marks all over his shirt. Were you surprised at what a player he apparently is?
1: i was i couldn't believe this it's like he was kogoro or something
0: oh yeah the big hit with the ladies that falls asleep during dates
1: that's right that's kogoro i mean yusaku seems like such a prim and proper kind of guy like very learned book smart but this i was like where did this come from
0: yeah he gets a little crazy i guess um She says that she's going to cheat on him too and Conan just kind of quickly hangs up on her. He's not dealing with his parents' bullshit. Yeah. Gasa then walks in and is shocked to hear about the cheating accusations, but Conan says that a man that can only think about mysteries isn't capable of doing things like that. So, by that logic, does that mean Conan would never cheat?
1: I think that's what he's saying. Either that or he's saying he's just never going to be interested in women at all
0: yeah i don't think we're getting men going their own way uh shinichi
1: no i mean with some of the stuff that he's pulled on ron um no
0: gasa asks Conan, how about how he's doing with ron and he says that every time he calls her she always yells at him saying when are you coming back however he sees her every single day so he finds it quite ironic Gasa then tells him to take a break from solving cases and to go out together as fall is the season of love. Um, instead of taking a break, he just winds up getting on two cases.
1: Yeah, that's right. Double duty. And I was really, um I don't know, surprised, annoyed, I'm not sure. Like, this doesn't come back. I don't know why they bothered with the whole fall is the season of love thing. I don't know. Did it? Did you feel like it came back later on in the episode?
0: Well, I think it's just setting up all the couples quarreling. Because, um, you know, we'll see Kogro and Eri for a second, and then Ron and Conan's kind of having their own tussle. I think it was just, like, some some good old irony.
1: Alright, I'll buy that.
0: Conan then returns to Kogro's office to hear Kogro and Eri arguing with each other over the phone. Ron's mom is trying to introduce him to a client, but he clearly doesn't want any help from his wife. Conan's amused at the couple fighting and says this clearly isn't the season of love. He then gets hungry and waits for Ron to arrive. When she later comes back, she finds Conan sleeping on the sofa and takes his glasses off. It's there that she remembers his face but can't exactly place it. Conan wakes up, grabs his glasses back, and Ron remarks that it's strange that he wears them even when sleeping and taking a bath. He says that's because he doesn't feel comfortable without them, and that his eyesight is bad. We haven't seen uh, Ron suspicious in quite some time, Colleen.
1: That's true. When was the last time? I think has she only been suspicious once? Yeah, it might so have been that
0: that like hospital case with the the doctor's kid.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, I think maybe didn't she get a, a suspicious on the case where he was? Uh, Turned back into Shinichi as well.
1: Oh, that's right. Okay, so it has been a few times. It well at the very beginning, right when yeah. Conan just appears, and then I guess maybe twice, the ones that you mentioned.
0: Yeah, because I think uh, they also had that. I think she was getting suspicious before Conan's mom, like quote unquote mom, appeared, Fujimo or whatever. Remember yeah, that
1: Fumio, Yeah. So right. there's
0: been a few type, a few times here. Okay, but not lately. I, I was I think it's because of like all the anime original cases, but it seemed like just seeing him without his glasses was a strange thing to just trigger all of this.
1: I know right. Doesn't it like seem like he she would see him more often without his glasses and then why all of a sudden, maybe because he's sleeping, I don't know.
0: Luckily for Canon, a female client walks in. Winds up being the same one that Aerie referred to Kogoro, and Ron's excited that her mom and dad are talking. She says that they'll get back together in no time. Kogoro then tells Ron to not meddle in the business of adults, as it's obvious that she planned this. The client, whose name is Nanai, says that her husband committed suicide. She found him in her personal study in the basement after he had taken a poison called Akontine. Conan says that it paralyzes nerves and that it's made from the root and leaves of aconite. Ron questions how Conan knows all of this, and he says that he saw it on television as a monster on Kamen Yaba said it, and uh, Ron kind of sarcastically says, wow, what a courteous monster to explain the ingredients uh, in the poison.
1: I thought that was so funny. Just imagining cartoons that I watched as a kid and how they would just like take a, a break to... Um, talk about all the ingredients it just seems so un- not plausible
0: anai then says that she discovered the body with her husband's three apprentices with her and her husband were magicians with her husband being the world famous Akumo matayasu ransa says that she heard about the death and that they actually went to one of his magic shows once anai says that she met Iriad at the show and that she's been her lawyer ever since then Ron finds the picture in a book, and she looks absolutely shocked. She starts to glare at Conan, who then asks her if she found it. She says that she must have been mistaken about it, and then hides the picture from him. So this is when you really know that Ron's suspicious and is about to try something, Colin.
1: Yep. Can't wait to see what she's up to.
0: Nai then introduces the three apprentices. Their ace is Sonata Kazumi, who is supposed to be her husband's successor. The second is Miyoshi Mako, who acts tough, but is a great magician. Nanai says that she's the best female magician in all of Japan. Last is Momochi Yuji, who has only been an apprentice for a bit. While he isn't as talented as the others, he has a lot of potential. She says that all three are good people and live with her. Nanai then says that all three of them were performing at a show on the day of the crime. Her husband was supposed to be with them, but felt that it was a cheap job and skipped out couldn't ask if they had a chance to poison him earlier, saying that if they put the poison in a capsule, then it could have dissolved during the show. She says that there's a phone in the basement and that her husband would have asked for help. Nanai then says that there weren't any sleeping pills, ropes, or signs of people entering the room. However, she doesn't believe that he would kill himself. She says it's because tomorrow is her daughter's birthday and he had a present made a month ago for her. She also found playing cards glued together on his desk which featured the ace and jack of spades. Koguro asks if it was for a trick, but she says that her husband rarely used cards. Conan is eager to go check out her house, but Kogro says he'll be going alone, however Ron suggests that they take Conan along. He seems to know a lot of strange things, she says. Kogro reluctantly agrees and tells them to both stay out of the way. After closing the door, we see a photo of Ron and Shinichi as children with the magician, and Shinichi looks identical to Conan. So, uh, Colleen, if you were being uh, gaslit <laughs> by a man that turned into a child, what do you think you would do if you if you found pictures of them as a child?
1: Uh, I would probably accuse him right then and there, actually. I would hopefully notice it sooner than... Well, actually, okay. Notice it sooner and sort of point the finger at him sooner than Ron has seemingly done. It's true that every time there seems to be something that gets in her way and makes her kind of lose track of the scent. But uh, I would probably be a little bit more proactive than, okay, let's go see him in action now.
0: So you're saying you're smarter than Ron?
1: No, not necessarily. I just think I'd call him out on it. Ron's being sneaky right now. It's actually a very interesting dynamic that Ron's the one kind of pushing to go to see the uh, scene of the crime where she usually takes kind of a backseat to all of that. Like, she's there. Kogoro says, oh, go call the police or whatnot. But uh, she's really pushing for it this time. So you know that she wants to kind of almost trap Conan a little bit.
0: Kogoro is impressed with how gigantic the mansion is and asks to see his study. However, he's interrupted by Momochi, who tells Ron that something enormous must be bothering her. If only he knew. Um, he then pulls out a dove <laughs> that he says was in her hair. He asks if Kogro is a new apprentice and is surprised to hear that he's a famous detective. Miyoshi then walks in and says that Kogro is clearly here to investigate the master's death and calls Ron a glamorous young lady. We then see a ton of doves fly out of Ron's clothing and uh, during this whole exchange, Kenan sees Ron's panties during this and he remarks that they're white and uh, start to blush. He's such a little pervert, isn't he? He is. Mochi says that the glued cards were likely used in a trick and that the police said it was a suicide. Sonata then enters, grabs the cards, and rips them apart. He says that there's nothing left in his house except the fact that there's only one genius now instead of two. Kago begins to freak out, but Sonata tells him that the real cards are in his pocket. Ron recognizes Sonata as he was at the Suzuki Corporation's 60th birthday and was dressed as Kaido Kid. Did you remember this, Colleen?
1: Oh, oh, for sure. And
0: did you recognize him though before, before he was? They did this callback though.
1: Yeah, yeah, I recognized him. Oh, did did you recognize him?
0: Absolutely not. Oh, really? No.
1: Yeah, I think he shows up later on too in future episodes. So he's one of those re- reoccurring magician characters. There seems to be a few of them on the show.
0: Before leaving, he tells them that it's best to leave now, as he doesn't want Kogoro to damage his reputation. Kogoro is put off by Sonata's attitude, especially being this way after his teacher died, but Miyoshi says that it is impacting him, as all the cards in his trick were actually from different decks. Since he's a perfectionist, she can't see him making such a rookie mistake. Momochi then says that he seemed quite depressed after the suicide, and Anai says that she lo- he looked up to her husband like a father. While Conan is thinking about the three apprentices, the magician's daughter Ayana recognizes him from school. Ayana asks if he's here to play, and Kogro tells her that he's with him and that he's there for business. Ayana asks Conan if he wants to go shopping with her as she's going to, with her mom to buy clothes for her birthday party tomorrow. However, Ron says that Conan is busy right now. So we kind of see Ron just pushing Conan into this mystery. She wants to see him solve this case.
1: Yeah. More so than ever before.
0: Yeah, I feel like because of her past experiences, she's still a little hesitant about, like, accusing Ken. And I think that's why we don't see her accuse him immediately. So she's kind of just watching him super closely and watching his deductions and comparing it to what she knows, like, Shinichi is like. So I think that's what her, the method yeah. to her madness
1: Right, I think at this point, that's kind of the game she has to go with, because she hasn't accused him before. She should have probably done it a lot sooner, but I guess she just never noticed it as clearly as she does now.
0: Nye then apologizes to her daughter, saying that she can't go shopping with her. Iona calls her mom a liar and says that so is her father, as he still isn't back from her trip overseas. Uh, she then says that she hates everybody and starts to cry. Then Miyoshi offers to go shopping with her and starts to cheer her up. Miyoshi then tells her doves to go back to their cage, and Momochi notices that he doesn't have his dove, but rather one of hers. Nanai says that's odd, as she never takes the wrong dove. Ron remarks that the death must be impacting her as well. Keguro says that the only one that hasn't seemed affected is Momochi, who says that he's only been here a short time. Momochi then says he'll go prepare dinner, and and Anai explains that the newest apprentice always makes the meals.
1: At this point, were you suspicious of any of them? They were kind of ta- talking about their mental states. What were you thinking?
0: Well, I thought it was definitely the woman.
1: Because... Oh, <laughs> of course.
0: Well, she seemed the most suspicious out of everybody because I figured the guy that appeared before wouldn't wouldn't just happen to be a murderer in his second appearance. Because they don't usually make somebody, like, appear multiple times and then commit a crime, just knowing how the series goes. So I figured yeah. he was safe. And then the new guy barely knew the, knew the, uh, the master. So I, I felt like, unless they did a swerve, kind of like they did with her, with her having a past history with the, the guy, that there wasn't really any reason for him to kill it. So, like, kind of just by default. I had it on the woman. Plus, we know Karen loves to have female murders.
1: We do know that. So, yeah. Well, you ended up being right, so.
0: Where were you feeling? Were you suspecting anybody else?
1: I was suspecting the new guy, actually. Oh. He was the one that was not impacted at all. And truth be told, like, he didn't know the guy, so he wouldn't have been necessarily. But I was kind of uh feeling what you had mentioned before that maybe he just joined in recently he has a past he wanted to get rid of the guy so i was uh kind of going towards momichi
0: yeah we definitely see that a lot in karen where like somebody becomes an apprentice because they had wronged their father or something like that so yeah i wouldn't be out of the out of the possibility They finally enter her husband's study and learn that he uses it to think up new tricks. We see photos of all of his past apprentices on the wall, and Conan asks about a man in a black hat. Danai says that it's Kinoshita, and that he was the genius of all geniuses. However, he passed away 14 years ago during a magic accident. Conan says that it was the only frame without dust on it, so he's wondering if somebody took care of it. Danai wonders if it was her husband, as he was particularly fond of him. He wasn't. <laughs>
1: he wasn't a genius. He wasn't a genius among geniuses. If a simple magic trick got him.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure.
1: Oh yeah, and the, and the guy wasn't too fond of him, like you said.
0: No. <laughs> uh, and I says that the room is as the police left it, and Kiger remarks how thick the walls are. And I says that the room is soundproof, as he liked to play classical music at full volume. Um, I think I think this has reoccurred a full time to- a, a few times in Canon where people like really love to play classical music very loudly. These people are weirdos, yeah. right? <laughs> well the
1: <laughs> the diplomat too. Wasn't that Hitori's first episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The diplomat was too. like, he likes opera music, so he played it really loud, yeah. The, well, this is like the classy people who are so much richer than they're the one percent.
0: Yeah, how about they just play Young Thug at full volume, like a normal person?
1: That's right. Plus, it makes more sense to play that at full volume. Classical music is a little, I don't know. I need it so it
0: sounds like Beethoven's just going ham in the corner right now. That's right. Koguro says that the fact that he stayed in the room makes it look like a suicide. However, Kenan points out how the body was found. He says that typically bodies are found holding their neck or chest when they die of poison. However, his arms were found neatly down. Koguro asks again about any ropes, and Ron suggests that maybe he was tied with a thin string like magicians use. Koguro dismisses this as there would still be marks on the body. Kenan then notices a picture of Moriyasu wearing rings with a string on them and asks if he was wearing those when he died. Nai says that it was his specialty to move things with invisible strings, However, he only had the rings on, and th- and the threads weren't there when he died. Kenan then says there's nothing to be worried about, as if his fingers were tangled with strings behind his back, then he couldn't move freely. Kenan then demonstrates that it's hard to get back up using your hands. I tried this today. It was very easy to get up. I don't know why I'm oh. saying that. <laughs> because I got on the ground, I was like, is it really that hard to get up without using your hands? And I got it just fine. But also, I'm probably more spry than, like, a... You know, 60-year-old magician, but... uh,
1: Right. Well, plus, and Conan. So, on the other end of the spectrum, you've got Conan with his scrawny little kid legs. So, he can't get up either.
0: (laughs) Jeez. Um, He also says that you can't uh, turn a doorknob like that. Did you try that? No, I didn't. (laughs) I also didn't didn't really understand that. I don't understand why, why you couldn't turn a doorknob. With your hands behind your back tied like that.
1: Yeah, it's not that hard. Yeah, I feel I, like... Uh, this is kind of bullshit. <laughs> okay, I think we're on the same page. I had a hard time understanding any of this, plus how the card ended up glued together. If he... Was, he was the one that glued the card together to leave a clue. And he so was able was to, like... He
0: was able to put all those cards on the the phone, you know?
1: Yeah, or like back so, on. And he it. did that with, and he did did that with his hands tied behind his back. But now Conan's saying, "Well, he couldn't possibly do a bunch of stuff because it's so hard."
0: So I think ultimately he didn't actually like try to escape. I don't think he no. was trying to escape because I think they kind of get into this later where you know he kind of knew that she was trying to ki- uh, kill him, mm-hmm. and. So I felt like he was okay with dying, he just didn't want his daughter to be impacted. So that's why he wound up coming up with that, uh the clue he did, rather than just trying to escape. Because I think he was fine with dying for his past, you know, uh, indiscretions and sins.
1: Okay, so, yeah, that's I had the same deduction, and I agree with you. But with Conan... So with Conan saying, oh, it would have been hard for him to escape, so that kind of renders his conclusion, like, false. Because the guy could still maneuver things with his hands behind his back, i.e. he could glue the two cars together to sort of help them along to save the daughter, but he didn't bother trying to escape, which is why he didn't even bother... Trying to open the door or getting up. He just accepted his fate. I don't know. I was just like, okay, why is Conan saying it's hard for him to do stuff when obviously the guy was able to do stuff with his hands tied behind his back?
0: Yeah, it was definitely odd. He does convince Kogar of this though. Uh, and he oh, says absolutely.
1: That-
0: <laughs> <laughs> he says that Matayasi's fingers were tied together by his thumbs and that the threads were cut before the police arrived by one of the three apprentices. Ron then asks about the cards, and says there was a phone in the room that he could have used by pushing the buttons. Anai then remarks that the phone was covered in cards that day, and that they didn't notice it when they found the body, so they ran upstairs. Karen then looks at the phone and asks to see the cards again, as the symbol on the phone's redial button looks just like it. Karin says the cards were a dying message, and then hits the redial button. However, the number is out of service and isn't actually a valid number. It reads out one two six eight seven one star three two four eight nine star one three five four eight star one three nine seven. Did you figure out this (laughs) code (laughs) calling by this long string of numbers?
1: Uh, no. I mean, when they did the first one, I was like, "Okay, I see where they're going." But uh, no, by by myself, I did not. (laughs)
0: Kyra asks Conan what he's writing out, but Ron tells her father not to bother him as he's trying to figure out the code. So Ron's just fully focusing on Conan's behavior and doesn't want him to be interrupted here.
1: Yeah. And Conan doesn't really catch on until later. Like I I don't know how you felt. Maybe he was like, oh, okay, I'll just go. Well he's so absorbed in the
0: case. He's so absorbed in the case that I understand him. Only focusing on that and not really paying attention to Ron's behavior, because he is kind of clueless in a lot of ways.
1: That's so true.
0: Kenan then figures out how to decode the message and runs out of lead for his pencil. Nye says there should be a fountain pen in the desk, but can't find any as even his color pens for tricks are gone. Kegero tells Kenan to stop looking at the numbers, as it was probably his daughter playing on the phone. And says that her daughter went with her to the show, so she had to have done it before they left. Connor then points out that there's no pins, and this was the only way for him to leave a message. Keguro then says that the phone line was pulled out and likely put back in during the commotion. He says that the culprit hid the phone so that nobody would notice that it was disconnected, and that her husband hid the phone back up so that nobody would erase his numbers. A lot of, a lot of convoluted shit in this episode.
1: <laughs> yeah. A lot of covering up over other things that are covered up.
0: Ron then gives Conan her pen and says that you must have come up with something interesting again. Can you tell us? Conan, just totally oblivious, is like, yeah, I sure do. So uh, (laughs) if you take the digits until the asterisk and map them out on the fence button, then it makes letters. Keguro puts it together and says that it spells out DC Mako. Keguro says that this alone is not Uh, enough to accuse Miyoshi Mako, as it could be a code meant for her. We then see Ron say that it's just as expected before congratulating her father on the deduction. Keguro is trying to figure out what DC means, and Ron says that it might be Da Capo, which is written on sheet music. She says that it means to go back to the beginning and repeat. Keguro tells Nanai to contact Miyoshi immediately, so she sends a message to her pager. That's how you know this really was 1998.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love how technology dates these episodes.
0: Ayano then says that she doesn't want to go home just yet, as she's going to a fun place for Miyoshi, who uh, sinisterly says that they're going to a more wonderful place. It's t- it took a dark turn when she was about to murder this kid.
1: Creepy. Yeah.
0: Nanai is now panicking as Kogura explains that the DC men- means that Miyoshi will kill again. Carrier and the rest of the apprentices then start to search the city for Ayano, but they can't find her. Naya asks why she'd kill her husband, and Kenan says that it likely has something to do with the apprentice that passed away, Keneshita. Sonata then says that one night he saw her holding his picture. I thought something was up, but I didn't think it was a murder, he says. Then said that he has a lot to learn and can't believe that he missed her cutting the threads and reconnecting the phone line. I did kind of like this sort of pride you know magicians have and you know being able to fool others and then getting just very mad that they were had the wool over their heads by another magician because they really did get outdone in terms of like sleight of hand here
1: yeah yeah it's um (laughs) well the guy the new guy probably was the least affected by any of it because he's what did the wave say? He's like, oh, well, he shows promise, but he's not that great.
0: <laughs> Just as they're talking, Miyoshi arrives carrying Ayano. She says that Ayano is only sleeping and that she was going to make her sleep longer like her older brother. She reveals that she's the sister of Kinoshita, who is 14 years older than her. He was her only family left, but Motoyasu killed him when he was only 20. He sabotaged her brother's handcuffs, and then her brother drowned in a tank due to it. The case was dismissed as an accident by the police, so she decided to get revenge. Her name was changed after she was adopted, and uh, she says that her brother was killed on her seventh birthday, and she's had lonely days ever since then. That's why she killed him before his own daughter turned that age. After poisoning him, she told him her story, and he didn't seem to care. She then said that she'd kill his daughter too, and he became flustered. I'm sorry, but that was the only way I could protect my fame back then, he said. I'll give you my life, but please spare my daughter. Miyoshi know, decided against killing Ayano, as she didn't do anything to deserve it. What a foolish man, she says. I asked him to check out a new trick I had. He didn't suspect a thing when I put the rings on him, and even took the poison pill. And he thinks he's the best magician in Japan. So that kind of goes back into the sort of pride they have, because... She feels like she got one over on him.
1: Yeah, it was almost like icky the way that she thought that. But uh, yeah, I like the, the next coming explanation. I, I like how it kind of counterbalanced that uh, that ego.
0: Yeah, Sonata says that she's wrong as Moriyasu already knew that she was going to kill him. He says that Moriyasu also saw her holding the photo and told him not to tell anyone until the time was right. He says that Miyoshi has won as she tricked the police and the message won't count as evidence now. However, she says that her trick was discovered so she doesn't feel like going on stage anymore and that she'll turn herself into the police. Besides, I feel bad for putting Ayano in the same situation I was in when I was little. Colleen, what would you think about her uh, her turning herself in and kind of realizing she was in the wrong here and and obviously she did before because she didn't go through with killing the daughter but uh do you think she was gonna turn herself in the entire time here
1: i didn't think so i thought it was a spur of the moment decision because they they basically found her out and she's like oh well i guess i'm found out my trick failed i can't go on stage because i'm so embarrassed so i'll just turn myself in my life is over i thought that if none of this had happened she would have just gone on scot-free living performing i don't think she would have turned herself in She probably, I don't believe she would have, uh, followed through and killed the little girl, but I don't think she would have turned herself in.
0: Yeah. Did you, uh, did you feel like this had any emotional hit for you?
1: Um, not really. Uh.
0: (laughs) You monster.
1: (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) no i didn't feel Um, it either
0: i like okay compared to like some other cases where like the the ending segment really like pulls at your heartstrings um this one kind of didn't i mean it was definitely like kind of bittersweet when she found out that he kind of just let himself die uh and to repent you know but uh Yeah.
1: yeah that was probably the only moment that was a little bit like oh wow he actually went through with that he just sort of gave up his life essentially
0: Yeah, so...
1: But I wasn't really feeling for um, Mako.
0: Yeah. Uh, Conan says they accompanied her to the police and were heading back to the detective agency for a late dinner. However, midway there, Ron says that she forgot to buy ingredients. She says that she'll go get some at a convenience store with Conan, and after walking a bit, Conan says that this isn't the right way to the store, and that they should go back to the agency if they're lost. You're right, you should go back, says Ron while standing in front of Shinichi Kudo's house. And then she says, To your house! Whoa. Boom! And Cannon's like, what?
1: This is such a gasp-worthy moment.
0: Yeah. I he's don't know. Like, This is there any impact house, Ronnie-chan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there wasn't a huge impact there. I, I thought it was really corny how she went to the house. and Oh, really? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, you should get back to your house but uh yeah she she put it on him here
1: i think what uh hit me was that it's the house is basically abandoned so it's sort of like in the distance kind of looks like it's all raggedy and stuff so it's like she's saying okay go back to where you belong almost in a like we'll never see each other again kind of way but that was just a split second. And then later on, it was Conan just being like, no, haha, that's funny. This is Shinichi's house. This is Shinichi Nichan's house.
0: Yeah, it was a dramatic scene here. Uh, she says, I see. That's how you were always tricking us. Well, isn't it, Shinichi? Uh, Ron then directly asks Conan if he's Shinichi, and Conan's trying to act bewildered there. And Ron points out all their similarities, from their deductive reasoning to not knowing much about music. Conan says he's just a kid, and Ron believes that he just drank some strange medicine that Professor Agasa made. And even Conan's like, damn, she's actually really close.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Props to her.
0: Yeah, good on Ron. Uh, Ron tells him that there's so much she wanted to tell him, and Conan tells her not to say weird things without proof. She then takes off his glasses and says she's never seen two people look more alike. Well, it's clear that she hasn't seen, like, uh, Kaido Kid's girlfriend.
1: That's right. uh, Her and
0: Ron look exactly (laughs) alike.
1: Well, I mean, Kaido Kid also looks like Shinichi, too. Yeah. And I guess Ron's not buying into the whole every face of the characters is the same face.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, clearly. However, she's interrupted by Shinichi's mother, who asks her what she's doing outside her house at this hour. She says that she just arrived from a flight and has some things to do. She then asks who the boy is, and Ron presents him. And she goes, oh my, it's you, Conan. Long time no see. Yukiko then explains that Conan is her grandfather's older brother's daughter's cousin's uncle's grandson.
1: That's fantastic.
0: Everybody's close with their grandfather's older brother's daughter's cousin's uncle's grandson.
1: Yeah, of course. How could Ron not buy that?
0: Ron says that she was told that he was Agasa's relative, and Yukiko explains that they are very distant relatives. Ron asks them about Conan and Shinichi looking alike, and she says that Conan looks more clever than her son. She (laughs) then asks Conan if his mom's name is uh, Fumio, and he confirms it. So, Conan's mom coming to the rescue here.
1: Absolutely. Her uh, improv skills are really helping here.
0: Ron still doesn't buy it and says it's all too strange. She asks how Conan is able to make deductions. And Yukiko says that maybe Shinichi taught him as uh, he used to come over a lot. Conan then says that he loves Shinichi. And uh, then we see Conan cowering behind his mother when she asks Ron if Shinichi would do this. And we get a kind of kind of funny scene <laughs> where she's like trying to picture Shinichi hiding behind his mother like that. Yeah. Uh, So seeing a scared Conan is enough to dispel Ron's fears, and she apologizes to Conan. She's about to take him home when Yukiko asks if she could keep him for a couple days, as she wants to catch up with him. Ron agrees and tells Conan that she'll see him later. Conan coldly asks why his mother's back in Japan, and says that he hopes it isn't due to the argument she had with his father. She asks if that's really the tone he wants to take with her when she just saved his life. She says that she heard from Agasa that Conan took a bath with Ron. And then says, imagine what Ron's karate could have done. She laughs at Conan and reveals that she didn't tell her father that she left. Don't worry, I'll be living with you for a while, she says. She then says that she feels even younger when she's with a young Shinichi. And then she treats him like a small child and <laughs> carries him <laughs> in her arms into their house. Which is very a very fun visual.
1: I love this little scene between uh, Shinichi and his mom. I feel like she's so... Uh, much his match, like she's all she's all about teasing Shinichi, right? And uh, she, he can't really say anything against her. It's so funny. I find it so funny when they um have these little exchanges.
0: Yeah, it's great. How shocked were you when uh, Yukiko suddenly appeared?
1: Not too shocked. I felt like because we saw her at the beginning of the episode, and she was kind of already unhappy with her husband like it kind of felt like okay we might be seeing her pop up here later on were you surprised at all
0: uh well i, I thought Yusaki would just have to be uh sleeping on the couch for a while i didn't think she was gonna fly off to a different country
1: well that's what they do the kudos
0: yeah, but I, I thought this was a really fun scene, and it sets up the next inch, uh, next episode well. Um, and I, I kind of after this, I understood why this is like a a two hour special rather than just two different episodes because it does have the kind of an, an overall arc to it rather than just being two separate cases.
1: Yeah, it is still unique though. I found that most of the two hour or one hour specials. Uh, at least later on, maybe not in the early days of Conan, but they're more focused on the black organization. And this one wasn't. This one was more about uh, Ron's suspicion of Conan. And then we get Which to. Which is see... even
0: scarier than the black organization.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> Ron's karate will mess him up. Clearly. Like the day she figures out that it's Shinichi, he's toast
0: second case begins with Conan waking up in between his mother's breasts. Uh, oh my gosh. She rides a motorcycle? What a, what a way to ride a motorcycle, huh?
1: This didn't seem like it was Detective Conan anymore. It seemed like some different anime. Uh,
0: she tells him that she had another reason to come to- Sorry. She tells him that she had another reason to come to Japan, and we meet her former classmate, Yubuchi Hiromi. She says that the rest of her family is busy, and she introduces Kenan as her second son she says she had in Los Angeles. It's going to be awkward when her second son just doesn't exist anymore, huh?
1: Yeah, like, oh, he perished in a accident. In a freak puddle accident.
0: Hiromi says that she must be getting along well with Yusaku just fine if they just had another kid, and we then meet an older man named uh, Yoshifusa, who Hiromi introduces to Yukiko. Yoshifusa says that he doesn't remember her from when she was little, as he was in Brazil for several years. He then tells her to make herself at home and leaves with his tall Brazilian friend, Carlos. What do you think about Carlos? He's very tall.
1: He's very tall. He's a massive guy. Very quiet, soft-spoken Carlos. I liked him. Yeah.
0: You like your men to be tall and not talk? Not talk? (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's right. The strong, silent type. Um, no, I thought uh, they were an interesting pair. Like, just visually also, the way that their dynamic was on screen, I, I was intrigued.
0: What did you think their relationship was at first?
1: Um, did you
0: think maybe they were lovers?
1: <laughs> no. I, I'm sure a lot of people would go down that path. I didn't. Um, just because I I mean, I didn't think of that. I thought it was more like what they were trying to say that it was. The whole bodyguard thing.
0: Yeah. Hiromi asks Yukiko what she thinks of Yoshifusa, asking about his face, voice, and his impression. Yukiko remembers playing with him a lot as a child and says that he went to Brazil before they were in elementary school. Hiromi then explains that he arrived back from Brazil three days ago, and that something feels different. Yukiko asks why she doesn't just have him meet her father, Yoshika, but we then learn that her dad died of cancer last month. Plus, her mom died 15 years ago, and all of Yoshifusa's friends have passed away early as well. There's nobody to confirm him other than them.
1: How convenient.
0: Hiromi's husband, Hidekazu, then arrives... And tells them that this is all about the inheritance as everybody has doubts about the old man. They believe that he's a fake trying to steal the inheritance. He says that y- Yoshichika earned a lot of land and that the inheritance will be huge. According to the will, if anybody is absent when the will is read, they will not get a single yen from him. Romi's younger brother, Yoshiyuki, then explains that the will will be read tomorrow night. And we meet his wife, Keiko who is worried that their inheritance will get smaller if they don't unmask him as the fraud. I do kind of love how uh, pretty soon we're all judging these people for, like, trying to out this guy as a fake, but then he actually winds up being a fake.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Well, that was really fun.
1: Yeah, the irony of it. We're just as bad as they are.
0: Yeah. Yoshichika's second wife, Machiko, then says that The inheritance might not just get smaller, but that it could be next to nothing depending on what was left in the will. They all search a storage room for old pictures of Yoshifusa, but they can't find anything as he took all of his photos to Brazil when he left. Keta then asks if this is a photo of him, as he finds a picture that also has his mom as a kid in it. They find a picture of Yoshifusa posing with a baseball team, but he's wearing a hat very low on his face so that uh, most of his face is obscured. Hiromi says that brings back memories as Yoshifusa got cleated and was injured during the game. Yukiko then remembers that he had to get a bunch of stitches and Kenan says that he should still have a scar on his leg from it. So then we, we get to see Hiromi's great acting here <laughs> um, as she brings tea to Yoshifusa but then purposefully spills it on him. She apologizes and then lifts up to the pant leg and she's like, oh my god, there's no scar! And everybody just <laughs> busts into the room. They're like, you fraud! He then pulls up his pant leg and asks if she means the the scar on his leg, and we see a large wound on his right leg. He then explains that he got it while playing first base in a baseball game after a runner hit his leg with his cleats. Everyone finally remarks that he must be the real thing, and uh, Yoshifusa puts this all together. And he says that this is exactly like what his older brother told him. There aren't any good people here. Damn.
1: Kind of right, though.
0: Oh, 100% right. Anything? I thought, I thought Yoshifusa was a cool guy. I, I like the judgmental old man. That's what I want to be one day.
1: Oh, definitely. <laughs> so do I.
0: Yoshifusa then says that it's a good thing he brought Carlos with him, as he's actually his bodyguard. He reveals that he got a threatening letter that read, There's no inheritance for you. If you value your life, don't come back. We then see a mysterious figure outside wearing a scarf suit, sunglasses, and a hat, so that his whole body's covered. What did you think about this this figure that they kept showing?
1: Um, so not this time, but the second time that he was mentioned, I figured out who it was. Did you have any inklings as to who it might be? I didn't
0: figure it out until uh, when he was like smoking up top.
1: Oh, okay. In that like yeah. shed.
0: So it took yeah. me a while. At first, because I could all I could remember was the the Carlos twist. So I was like, man, is this guy actually involved? I couldn't remember who did what, and I was kind of like, huh.
1: So you remembered more than I did. You remembered that. I only remembered that Yamamuro was in this episode. Because that was mainly the so first did So I, didn't,
0: I didn't remember that. Because I was like, I was really, I got really happy when I saw him. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just remembered that because I think it's such a great twist. Because it just plays off expectations. You know, you think the big tall guy is going to be this tough dude and then it's actually this Gramps that's like this uh, martial arts badass. So I thought that, that's just such a cool twist to me yeah. that it stuck out.
1: Yeah, and it becomes a lot clearer as the episode progresses that it's actually the opposite, right? Because it's the other guy that has all the skills. And Carlos was sort of just like, you know, kind of standing around, not doing anything. Um, But the tall, like the telltale sign was with the arrow i thought but we can talk about that later
0: yoshifusa reveals that the letter was sent to his home in brazil and that there was no return address on it well imagine if you did send a threatening letter and you had a return address on it <laughs> Come on, be
1: amazing man. worst blackmailer ever
0: he says that he had no interest in his brother's inheritance but he wanted to see the face of the fools that sent such a letter well if you're satisfied then get out Kanin then notices something and asks Yoshifusa if he can teach him kanji. He asks him to write down uh, Kinga Shinen," which means Happy New Year. Yoshifusa obliges, and everybody learns that Yoshifusa is left-handed. However, nobody can remember if he was right or left-handed. Kenan then says that he's likely the real deal, as the photo they found has him wearing a mitt on his right hand, meaning that he throws with his left. He also found a postcard... From Yoshifuso with the photo, and the handwriting was exactly the same. Hiromi is impressed and says that's to be expected from the son of the world famous mystery novel writer y- Yusaku. And then uh Yukiko takes much offense to that and she's like, Conan's my son. Am I any?
1: She makes it sound like like it's her son, but not his, you know? She's just like, Well, he's actually just my son. He has a different father um i also thought it was funny like what would these people have done without conan here because he was the only one picking up on any of these clues they're just like oh well looks like he's left-handed oh well looks like he has a scar on his leg
0: yeah they're dumb people
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's it (laughs)
0: Yukiko then notices that an old well is still on the property and is surprised it's still there, despite an accident having occurred. Harumi explains that her mother fell in the well and died. She says that it happened during a big snowfall and that they found her dead in the well the next day. What a way to die. Jeez.
1: Yeah. I I was was like, why did she even bother doing that? Like, I, I don't know.
0: Her husband suggested destroying the well, but Yoshichika wanted to keep it up in remembrance. Hiromi's brother, Yoshiyuki, then explains that he put a fence up around it so that nobody would fall in. However, at her funeral, the mother's older brother made a commotion and accused one of them of throwing her down the well. Conan asks what really happened, and Yoshiyuki says that the mother had tried to climb up the camellia tree that Yoshifusa had planted as a wedding gift so she could get a flower that was in bloom. However, she slipped and died as a result. Hiromi says that she loved the flowers, and that year they didn't bloom much, even in the winter, and that they found a flower in her mother's hand. What a dumb reason to die, man.
1: (laughs) I know. I don't know if they were trying to go for a poetic death, but I was more like, just don't do that.
0: Yoshiyuki's wife asks what the older brother is up to now. Hiromi says that he might have passed away already, and Yoshiyuki asks if he'd get some of the inheritance if he was still alive. Yoshichika's second wife, Machiko, then says that she's going to a friend's wedding party and tells Hiromi to take care of the guests. As she's leaving, Conan notices a suspicious figure staring at the group. He chases after him, but the man is gone, and the rest wonder if it's the older brother while we see Machiko grinning behind a wall.
1: That was so creepy.
0: What did you think was up with her?
1: Oh, I thought she was going to do something bad.
0: During dinner, Kenan learns that they are staying over for the night. A phone then rings out and Hiromi answers it. Machika is on the other end. We see that she's getting chatted up by a drunk man at the party. Cobra. She tells Hiromi, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. This guy's, however, he's like, oh, I heard your husband died, baby. <laughs>
1: That, and that makes her automatically more attractive yeah oh a widow
0: that's my type <laughs> get some fresh inheritance money that's the way to go yep she tells Hiromi that she left some firewood by the shed and then hangs up hermi remarks how drunk she sounds and her brother is disgusted as she's supposed to be in mourning Yoshifusa then walks in and says that he doesn't have to check the food for poison today because they're eating up hot stew. Hiromi then says that maybe the letter was just a prank and they enjoy their meal. After dinner, Hiromi fetches the firewood and asks Conan and his mom to tell Yoshifusa that the bath is ready. Yukiko remembers that Yoshifusa always loved baths and Conan wonders if he's going to take a bath with Carlos in the tiny tub. Uh, Hiromi knows he's joking but says that Yoshifusa is left alone when he bathes, which Conan finds odd. However, he then realizes that Carlos watches over everybody else during these moments. After Yoshifusa leaves to take a bath, there's another phone call that Hiromi answers. It's once again Machiko saying that she won't be home after 11 and uh, to keep the bath going for her. After Yoshifusa returns, we see several other people use it. And then Hiromi goes to add in more firewood. Yukiko teases Canon by saying that he can bath with Ron, but he won't go in with her. However, Hiromi screams while outside and says that she saw a strange man wearing sunglasses. Conan notices that the bucket by the well is down and they go to check it out. They lift the rope up until Machika's dead body appears. Gasps! <Wow>. Another murder.
1: <laughs> that actually surprised me.
0: Conan notices a knife wound in her chest and says that must be the cause of death. Yukiko asks who left the room while she was taking a bath, and Hiromi says nobody, which means none of them could have committed the crime. It must have been the mysterious man, Colleen.
1: Must have been. Case closed.
0: She says it takes an hour to get uh, here from the party hall, so the murder must have happened while she was taking a bath. Kenan checks the body and finds something in her pocket. It's a Carmelia flower. Hiromi then believes that the mysterious man is her mother's older brother, getting revenge. The police are called and we're introduced to a new detective named Yamamura. Colleen, <laughs> what do you, you think go. about this guy?
1: Oh, gosh. Uh, what, what can I not think about him? He is... Uh, he's something. Just when he starts to annoy me, he then is so brilliantly funny that I can't be mad at him. He's just one of those characters. Now, you like him a lot, right?
0: Oh, he's great, because he's... Totally incompetent.
1: Absolutely, M- even more so than Kogoro. Kogoro has some good moments, but this guy—I don't think I've seen him actually do anything properly.
0: I, I really love his interactions with, with Kogoro, so I'm excited when we get to see him reappear a few times. I didn't rem- i didn't know that his first episode was without Kogoro, so I'm-, I'm looking forward to their uh, repertoire being established.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, so the police can't find the murder weapon, but they believe that the knife wound was the cause of death. Hiromi gives everybody's alibi, and so Yamamura immediately accuses Yukiko of being the culprit, since she was the only person that wasn't in the room. She then explains that she never met Machiko until today, so he kind of buys it. But then he recognizes her as an actress and says that he used to watch her show Dangerous Policewoman every single week, and that he actually joined the police force due to her he says that only makes her more suspicious as she's good with guns and knives. So she basically has to explain that TV shows are fake to him.
1: Yeah. That, that's his, and that's his logic. Like, well, it must have been you. It's
0: solid logic. Yeah. <laughs> one of these times, him just blurting out, like, his first instinct is going to be right, for even though it's the wrong reasons. Like, you just know it's going to happen here.
1: Yeah, one of these days...
0: Conan asks Hiromi if it was really Machiko on the phone, but she says it was. Hiromi then mentions the strange person that was lurking outside and says it must be her mother's older brother. Conan then shows Yamamura the flower, and the detective is terrified when Conan lifts up the cover on the dead body. He uh, just falls down in shock and reveals that it's actually his first day as a homicide detective, <laughs> as everybody else was sick.
1: No, There's nothing else that could say, you are the worst of the worst. Like, we had no... You're the last choice. We had no (laughs) other choice here.
0: I kind of love that, like, Conan keeps redeeming this guy's reputation. Because imagine, like, how bad his, like, detective streak would be if Conan didn't repeatedly, like, solve cases for
1: him. Yeah, for sure. It's actually really funny afterwards that, you know, when he puts him uh, to sleep, he... It's almost like the start of a new sleeping Kogoro...
0: He then decides to check the taxi that Machiko used, but they say that she used the family's car to drive there. They go to check it, but the car isn't anywhere on their property. Yamamura says that she might have drank too much at the party and decided to take a taxi home. However, other policemen report that they found a car in the woods behind the property. That winds up being their car, and they wonder why it's in the woods. Yukiko checks to see if it still works, and it starts right up as the key was already in the ignition. The only strange thing they see is an empty cassette tape case, and Canon only finds a mobile phone in the glove compartment. Did you kind of put things together here, like what she was doing?
1: Yeah, well, for sure, the second time that she called and they didn't actually show her at the party, I was already like, okay, something's up, because ordinarily they would show the scene, so it must have been some sort of trickery.
0: Yeah, uh, Yamamura tells them that the police will guard them tonight, as the killer might still be in the area. Yukiko asks Shinichi how much of the case he solved so far, and he, still, he says he still has a lot of questions. Then notice a shed door being opened, and Karen walks in. However, his mom pulls him out and gets him to leave. But we see this mysterious man sitting above the support beam, smoking a cigarette. What do you think, Colin?
1: Oh, I was like... sure who that masked figure was like did you at any point buy that it was uh the brother of the first wife no i didn't think
0: an old man would be like this able to move around because he had to be like 70 or something right also they don't usually do like a mysterious character that's like coming after them almost all the time it's always somebody that you have a face of
1: Yeah, even in the flashbacks, they didn't bother giving him a face. So that's why we basically know, okay, he's not going to show up in this episode.
0: Next morning, the police wake up Yamamura and tell him that they found the weapon, which was a kitchen knife, in the well. Conan asks what the plastic they have is, and they say that the knife was wrapped in a woman's raincoat. As they're doing this, the Yabuchi family lawyer arrives and argues with the police, saying that he has business to attend to and to let him in. Yamamura says that he'll delay the reading of the will to later, and Yoshifusa remarks that the greedy ones sure make a lot of noise. <laughs> uh, Yoshiyuki then grabs the old man who tosses him down to the ground with a Brazilian jiu-jitsu throw. Yamamura tells them to get along and says that the police will stand guard at the reading. Yukiko remarks that Carlos must be even more powerful than Yoshifusa and wonders why he has a bodyguard.
1: Hmm, I wonder...
0: The will reading finally starts and Kenan hears a ticking noise. The lawyer then presents a cassette tape and starts to play it. However, he accidentally hits the record button rather oh, than play.
1: Gosh.
0: <laughs> this guy rolls. I love the lawyer.
1: Yeah, same. He's probably my favorite non-important character in this episode. I love that. Uh, I always find it funny, those anime characters that have the foggy glasses that so you can't even see their eyes. And this guy yeah. is one of those characters.
0: So Conan then notices a crossbow in a cabinet and yells at Carlos and Yoshifusa to duck. They just barely get out of the way, and you can you can see that only the old man moves. Carlos was just kind of oblivious the entire time.
1: And he was, at, the old man was actually, uh, like, he took his arm and kind of was protecting Carlos. That's kind of what, what for yeah. sure solidified, okay, it's not as it seems, this bodyguard relationship thing.
0: Yeah, um, so they just barely get out of the way, and they look there, and they find a crossbow attached to the timer. Kenan then smiles as if he's figured out something, and he tells everybody to look at the room where the area landed. They find all these other marks showing that it was, it was practiced several times.
1: I found it really funny that just... there were holes in the floor showing that it was practiced a bunch of times, but there were no holes in the screen door, unless they didn't really yeah, that was show it.
0: <laughs> I guess maybe they opened the door maybe that was the
1: only thing i could have thought of because it would probably be more obvious if you had a bunch of holes in your screen
0: yeah so they were specifically trying to hit yoshifusa as he would sit at the seat of honor yamamura then mentions that the tape was never stopped and that the will has seemingly been erased however luckily for them the incompetent lawyer had it on the wrong (laughs) side and was recording on side b
1: incompetence on incompetence
0: Yeah, there's a lot of useless characters. (laughs) Conan tells his mother that he knows who set up the crossbow and that they are among them, but says that there's still some mysteries left to solve. A policeman then tells Yamamura that they found a cassette tape by the bath, and he goes to check it out. Uh, Yamamura then chastises Yukiko and Conan for going outside, and they learn that the tape was in between the firewood. The police also found fingerprints in the blood of Machiko on the knife, but the fingerprints showed that she was holding the knife in a forward position rather than backwards they also confirm that she was at the party but don't know when she left exactly yukiko points out that it was odd that machiko arrived before 11 and she then finds a cigarette on the ground where conan found conan spotted the man with sunglasses she smiles and then acts like she knows nothing the tape features sounds of the party that machiko was at which is quite suspicious obviously Kenan then asks his mother for help as he knows who the culprit is and wants to use her voice. However, she declines to cooperate. However, she declines to cooperate and tells him to do it himself. She also says that she has information that he doesn't have. Yamamura then suggests they listen to the tape with the will on it, and that's when Kenan knocks him out with the wristwatch. Yamamura says that he'll solve the two incidents before they listen to the will, starting with the crossbow. Says that the culprit wasn't the man with the sunglasses, and then has the lawyer play side B of the tape. Yamura says that Keiko was able to identify the object as an arrow, despite it only being in her sight for an instant. Uh, much to her husband's surprise, she admits to setting it up. She says that she's been secretly borrowing money, and that the inheritance could allow her to pay things back without him ever noticing. While she didn't want to kill him, she wanted to at least scare the old man back to Brazil. She had purposefully set it up to miss him and didn't think it would pass by so close.
1: So who knew that the incompetent lawyer accidentally uh, recording that whole fiasco was actually going to come in handy? Because they could play the tape back.
0: Yeah, I like that stuff. There's another uh, episode, like 200 episodes from now, where (laughs) this guy, like, records, like, uh like a bank robbery and Conan uses that later for to uh as evidence I always like when they kind of have a recording and they're able to play something back that you wouldn't even find like super suspicious at the first time but he uses as a gotcha That's that's always fun yep Keiko then says that she didn't kill Machiko which Conan agrees with we then see the mysterious man listening in on the deduction Yamamura then says that the mysterious man is likely a private detective and that someone within the room killed Machiko. So I love that even Conan doesn't know that his dad's here.
1: I know, it's so good. So, we knew, but Conan didn't know. I feel like that never happens, for me at least.
0: Yeah, he explains that Machiko made her first call out a little bit past eight, and then left the party. At nine, she parked the car in the woods, played the tape, making it sound like she was still at the party. She was originally going to use the alibi to commit a murder, but she got killed instead. She was wearing a raincoat to prevent blood splatter getting on her. And the Carmelia flower was to link this case with the accident 15 years ago. Tape was dropped before she went to see her target or dropped when she was being carried to the well. Either way, she was planning on burning it as the crime scene was meant to be the bath so she could have cleaned off the blood. Her target was none other than Yoshifusa, who had the right to the first bath each day. He says that, There's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu move where the knife-wielding attacker's arms are bent to make them stab themselves. He believes that Yoshifusa used that on her and that it was in self-defense. The old man kept quiet as there wasn't one but two threats sent to him.
1: That seems so badass. To twist someone's arm and make it look like they actually stabbed themselves. Like, I did not... When I originally, uh, you know, we learned that he's a Brazilian Jujutsu master, I did not think that that would come into play and with the knife and all that. So that was particularly cool.
0: The old man kept quiet as there wasn't one but two threats sent to him. The reason he made the body easy to find was to serve as a warning to the other person after him. Yamamura then asked Yoshifusa to confess. However, a mysterious man appears and interrupts Kenan, saying that he has a lot to learn. He tells them to play the tape with the will on it, as it will make everything become clear. In the tape, the following successors to his inheritance are named Machiko, Hiromi, Hidekazu, Yoshiyuki, Keiko, and Carlos. What? Wow. His estate will be evenly divided to them all. Everybody's shocked to hear Carlos's name and not Yoshifusa.
1: I bet Carlos is equally shocked. (laughs) It's like that's my name he he doesn't speak a word of Japanese but he's like Carlos I know Carlos
0: the mysterious man reveals that the old man is actually the bodyguard and he was sent from Brazil to protect Carlos it turns out that Carlos is the son of Yoshifusa and a Brazilian woman the man then introduces himself as a novelist and it's none other than Yusaku
1: wow double wow dang we were so on the ball.
0: Yusaku explains that many people are left-handed, and that the handwriting matches as Yoshifusa had the old man write for him. Turns out that Yoshifusa and the old man both worked together on a farm in Brazil. However, ten years ago, they were injured in a tornado. The old man injured his right leg, and Yoshifusa lost his left hand. Ever since then, the old man has written for Yoshifusa. Carlos was written into the will after Yoshifusa Chica learned of the farm being destroyed and felt compassion towards his brother's family is all written down in a pile of letter behind a hidden door in the shed. They asked the old man why he was pretending to be Yoshifusa, and it's explained that Carlos would have been targeted if he was known to be Yoshifusa's son. The old man wanted to be a target and kept Carlos safe by keeping him with many others rather than being alone. He kept silent about the death because he didn't want to be taken into questioning and leave Carlos alone. After he saw Ricky Cop arrive, he decided to wait until after the will was read. Yusaku asked the man, whose name is Hicks and Tanaka, if there's anything wrong with the story. Tanaka says that everything he said was correct and there's no mistakes. Yusaku says that he knows a good policeman uh, that will let him turn himself in, and we see Meguri arrive. He's much more competent
1: than Yamamura. Yeah. (laughs) I I actually, I don't know about you, but when he said, like, oh, I know a good uh, police officer that can take care of this for you, I thought immediately that would be Meguri. So I'm very, I was happy to see him.
0: Yeah. Uh, We didn't see him get taken off, and we see Carlos standing there. He's real sad because he didn't understand much Japanese and didn't know what was going on. However, Yusaku, who apparently knows Portuguese. Yeah. He knew he was (laughs) such a, a, a language master. Um, he explains the situation, and Carlos had a, a childlike glee when he learned that he'd be back. So that was a l- nice little scene there. Cart. We find out that Carlos didn't even know about the inheritance or that he was at his father's uh, home because uh, he, he was basically told nothing to protect him. Yeah. Afterwards, uh, Kenan learns that Yusaku was listening in on him with a listening device that he got from Agasa. That picks up on the bowtie microphone's sound. He used to Conan's deductions and says that he knew the old man was fake before he found the letters. He tells his son that a left-handed first baseman stretches with his left leg, not his right. So we saw Conan's lack of sports knowledge other than, you know, soccer coming yep. in to bite him. We saw a lot of his, uh, kind of like weak points, these two episodes. We saw the music and then sports. So. Yeah,
1: I like when they do that. It's a little refreshing. Because it shows that Shinichi still has flaws. And plus, it, this makes sense because, like, the sports one, at least. Um, well, the music one, they keep bringing that up again and again. But uh, the sports one, too. Shinichi doesn't know baseball. And that's apparent whenever Heiji is around. Because Heiji's a baseball fan, right? But he makes fun of Shinichi for not knowing stuff.
0: Yusaku then found his letters and tells his son that he still has much to learn. Yukiko starts making fun of her husband and calls him lame for his I'm a novelist introduction. However, Yusaku, the pure alpha that he is, he tosses her a helmet, and gets on the bike, and he says, we're going home, babe. And yep. then they came so close to saying like the North American name of Case Closed yeah. they say, at any rate, this incident and this quarrel ended up being a closed case. And I was like, God damn it, you're so close. Yep.
1: I felt the connection.
0: After the ending song, they drop off Conan at the detective agency, and Yukiko tells him to be careful around Ron, and Yusaku says that he should never take a woman lightly, otherwise you'll face the consequences.
1: Although he has it lucky because Yukiko's not a martial artist.
0: Very true.
1: I mean, she is a big personality, that's for sure. So it's almost like, which one's worse?
0: Kenan arrives home and Ron stares at him, saying that she heard it from Professor Agasa. Kenan looks scared, but she just tells him that if you're going to sleep over, just let us know beforehand. We were so worried. I tried calling Shinichi's house so many times and nobody answered. Jeez. Uh, So Kenan apologizes and he's pleased that she's just mad over that. So he got off scot-free.
1: This time.
0: I like that they had one little, one additional scare from Ron there. I thought that was a fun moment yeah so what'd you think about the big two-hour special
1: um so we kind of talked about it earlier about whether it was even worthy of being a two-hour special or maybe it should have been like two two two-parters or like the first one could have been one episode and the second a two-parter um i guess i'm I guess I understand why they did it as a two-parter, maybe there were also some broadcasting reasons behind it, but uh, it was it did seem more like a plot-heavy episode or a special rather than your standard kind of stuff because we do get the Ron suspicion element to it. So, I enjoyed it overall. I thought the second case was stronger than the first one. I enjoyed it more, at least. I It had, like, all the elements that I love. It had some sort of, like, mistaken identity and this relative from out of nowhere claiming inheritance and everyone's trying to prove that he's a fake. And then you got got um, the deductive reasoning stuff that Conan usually does, but with his mom this time, which is a nice, refre- like, a refreshing element. So yeah, I was really uh, digging all of it.
0: So uh, we have some trivia here. Did you know that this was the first episode of Conan that was digitally animated rather than traditional?
1: I did read that, and did I noticed it right away because the the quality was so different from the other episodes that we watched.
0: The only thing that I really noticed that looked different was when they were panning up, like on buildings and stuff, because it looked really rough.
1: Oh okay. I found that the, uh, I don't know, it was less grainy than most of the other ones, maybe. I don't mind the graininess. I think it's like the classic sort of 80s, 90s anime look, but this one seemed a lot smoother and cleaner.
0: See, I kind of just attribute the graininess to watching on, like, sketchy sites and this being an old anime, so <laughs> it might not have great quality.
1: That could be part of it, So too. I never
0: even think about that.
1: Yeah. Um. So... We don't get a digitally animated one for a while, right?
0: Yeah, next digital animation episode is 2.19. And uh, then they they finally did the Switch in episode 2.84. I wonder why yeah. they did this one. Uh, maybe it was just because it was a two-hour special, so like this would be cheaper, I guess. But uh, it's interesting that they just randomly did a digital episode out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And so I don't remember this being as long in the dub i feel like and you could probably just google this i think that they split this up into multiple episodes in the dub so yeah
0: I... because even the uh, in the dub even like uh, the like one hour episodes are two episodes this right is probably like four cases
1: right so i don't know if i would have noticed it as much if they split this up and i don't think i would have noticed the digitally animated aspect to it As much as I did uh, The way that it was presented Yeah What did you think of the case Overall or the cases
0: Yeah I really Enjoyed them I thought both were really fun Um, I thought this was Deserving of being a two hour special because We got to see a bunch of characters we don't usually See we got to see Erie for a bit Uh, Real quickly a little cameo We got to see both of his Parents which was fun uh, we had the whole Ron plot, which was important. Um, so I thought these were two really big, important episodes. And even if it didn't really move the core like uh, plot um, forward, we still got like a bunch of good interplay between him and his parents, where you kind of learn more about their relationship and how they interact. So I really enjoyed that, especially the little parts with like his father one-upping him at the end. Oh yeah, and then all the you know you mentioned the teasing with his. Mother, so like I thought that was really important and cool to see. So I really enjoyed watching all, yeah, uh the whole each case.
1: Yeah, I like uh, when his parents get involved because it really grounds Shinichi. Like Shinichi's sort of like the top head honcho around these parts. I mean, Kogoro thinks he is, but it's really Conan that's uh, doing all of the work, right? So when his parents show up and they can actually one-up him, it's actually pretty fun I find. Yeah for sure. So, oh yeah and the fact that we meet Yama, Yamamura it's pretty cool. So this is like the stark difference between uh, a detective that's introduced in a manga case versus an anime original because I think a couple of cases back there was a detective introduced like in the mountains or whatever. Never see him again. Yamamura actually shows up again
0: yeah, plus, like, he has an actual personality, rather <laughs> than, true. like, most of these one-off <laughs> detectives. Sure,
1: yeah. Yamamura, yeah, oh my gosh. Uh, There are some really classic cases with him, and one of my favorites is, like, far down the road, like, in the 400s. I, I actually mentioned it to you before. It's the, like, snowman one. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good.
0: Have you met um, his grandma?
1: Uh, I okay, I feel like he's mentioned her because they watch TV together or something. Like, they watch soap operas together?
0: You get to meet her in episode 457.
1: Uh, I might have met her. I know for sure that he's talked about her before.
0: Yeah, well, you'll get to see her at some point.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm sure the family resemblance is just uncanny. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he's he's a real fun character. I always look forward to his episodes. Like uh, He's never used too often, so it's nice to have, like, a... Uh, uh, you know, I, I just think how they have, like, such a rotating cast. So, like, every, like, I don't know, like, 50 episodes or so, you get a Yamamura episode, and you're kind of like, hey, it's this guy. I'm glad he's back. So,
1: You know what we haven't seen in a while, and we just saw, like, a flicker of him, was Agasa. I don't feel like we've had an Agasa type of episode in a while. And even yeah, he
0: hasn't even been hanging out with the kids.
1: Yeah. So I guess so it was hopefully nice. Hopefully we'll get more of him. Yeah.
0: So we have the next Conan's hint is decorative plant. <laughs> okay. So keep an eye out for that next week.
1: The the preview decorative. for this episode was quite intense. There's a syringe and chloroform. Should be a good old time.
0: Hopefully um let's see what episode we're doing next week we will have oh next week we'll be doing the farewell wine murder case and then we'll do be doing the uh other gesho oyama special that was uh i think it features yusaku in it so oh
1: yes okay we'll
0: get to see you saw, another dose of yusaku so
1: should be good we'll
0: have those two episodes next week and then i, I believe it's almost time for movie two so we'll be d- diving into that soon
1: oh i can't wait so. i'll be fantastic hopefully A lot of kyle stuff. bradford will show up for movie two who knows well he's missed the first movie so why <laughs> yeah we'll see beat his track record
0: so yeah that'll do
1: it for this week bye bye and remember one truth always prevails